entrepreneur. It doesn't matter where you are currently located in the world because it's time to settle in and buckle up for another exciting and potentially profitable episode of The Marketing Minute with your host, Mark Newsom, otherwise known as Mr. Marketing. Entrepreneur, this is Mark Newsom, Mr. Marketing, and welcome to another exciting and potentially profitable episode of the Marketing Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk about how you or your major competitors can actually scale your business or service even during a recession. Now, I know on the surface that kind of sounds counterintuitive, but here's what tends to happen during a recession. When the income from a business or service starts to dry up, you know, temporarily because people have less discretionary income, their customer base, if you will, client base, businesses sort of get in a panic and situations that they would never have seriously considered before they get open. So that's why doing a recession is imperative ladies and gentlemen, that you use the magic question. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, you say, okay, Mark, what is this so-called magic question thing about? I'm going to try it out on you right now, and you tell me whether or not this makes sense to you. Is it okay to periodically refer you new business and customers? Ladies and gentlemen, as long as you ask the magic question to vendors and other people you already have an established relationship with, 95 to 98% of the time, that front end question, you'll get an emphatic yes. And here's your immediate follow-up. Only if and when you get a yes. And by the same token, as long as it doesn't take away from anything you currently have going on or will have going on in the future, are you okay with periodically returning the favor? Again, if you got a yes on the front end, there is a very good chance, 95, 98% of the time, you're going to get an emphatic yes on the back end of that question. Now, for those of you amongst us who are perfections, before you ask, well, what about the remaining 2%? Here's my answer to the 2% of you who more than likely will take this strategy and run with it. Don't worry about it. Do what we call a pivot, meaning... You simply move on. You say, well, listen, I just thought I'd uh, put that out there and see what your response is to it, and you move on. If you can get 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, you're doing good. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to develop a mindset here. We're going to use a retail jeweler who preferably is not franchised, has a single location. In fact, if they have more than one location, it doesn't matter. But... What I want to try to show you is you don't have to be a corporate 500 type company with that kind of corporate backing to make a strategy like this work for you. So here's the strategy. And this, by the way, can work in reverse. And what I mean by that is that the business that the uh, retail jeweler, or I should say businesses, services, that they're going to be leveraging could work where the service provider themselves provided they have a relationship with the owner or owners of the retail jewelry business they can reach out to the jeweler with this particular strategy so here's how it would work 
let's say there's a mini strip mall in your area and it's got seven commercial suites five of which are currently occupied two are uh, vacant perhaps more because you know there's a little procession going on so the retail jeweler and just to make everything convenient let's also say there is a uh, nail salon service provider and a hair salon service provider in the same strip mall along with the jeweler so here's what the jeweler does because he or she knows both owners or you know both owner the owners or singular the owner of the shop so during lunch one time you know they're having lunch together not all three but you know lunch one time with the uh, hair salon owner lunch another time with the uh, nail salon owner the retail jeweler asked the magic question, which is, is it okay to periodically refer them new business or customers? Now, remember, there's a local recession going on, so they're like, of course. And the jeweler says, by the same token, as long as it doesn't take away from anything you're currently doing or will have going on in the not-so-distant future, are you okay with, you know, periodically return a favor? And they're like, of course. Now, the retail jeweler has already run their numbers and their metrics, and what I mean by that is they have a pretty good idea of what the lifetime total lifetime customer value is of their particular uh, ideal customer. Now, if you're not familiar with that concept, total lifetime customer value or lifetime customer value, some people call it marginal net worth, go to YouTube and put in what is lifetime customer value. you see a ton of videos in there and it'll get you up to speed. So basically, here's the way this these particular metrics would work for this fictitious now. We're just using this as a hypothetical. Uh, retail uh, jewelry store owner. Let's say over a five to seven year period they have a range of say $400 on the low end and $11,000 on the high end. Now, a couple of nuances here. First of all, those numbers aren't etched in stone and that doesn't mean that every customer will come into the store and spend a minimum of $400. No way. And it also means that the high end, it could be as high as $30,000. Who knows? Just depending on the industry and the customers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, those metrics give the marketer, in this case the jeweler, an idea of what they can really afford to invest to generate a first-time customer. Now remember, they could have a closeout sale and they could have a ton of customers come in and buy, a, a, say, a bracelet that normally retails for $160 and they get on a closeout at $89, which is, say, $7 above the jeweler's actual hard cost and never come back. Well, they didn't come anywhere near $400. But the point being, the jeweler isn't out anything, and they've got people in the marketplace now showcasing a nice-looking bracelet, which I'm sure they're going to brag to their friends and their inner circle and their neighbors and their besties and uh, close family members and in-laws. Think about all this word of mouth and mouse that they'll get on a product they sold $10 above their actual cost. So it's worth it, is what I'm trying to say, is even though these people didn't meet the low-end metric of $400, all of that additional 
exposure that in this case the jeweler is getting is more than worth it especially over time and then again like I said if it's 400 we use 400 to 11 thousand dollars they might get hooked in with a commercial real estate broker or a bank mortgage banker who knows men and women who earn high six figures and seven figures a year and those referrals could end up being worth a hundred thousand dollars to the jeweler over the same five to seven year period you know because in this case let's say there's a mortgage bro broker who's earning uh, seven figures, this man or woman. Well, think about who they socialize with. They're socializing with other men and women who earn at least what they earn and higher. Well, do you think those men and women who are earning multi-seven figures a year don't like great-looking bling? What if he's got a, uh, I'm saying the jeweler in this case, has a uh, diamond necklace that retails for $12,000, but the actual hard cost is $7,500. Wouldn't it make sense to give it to this female broker who regularly sells and leases commercial real estate? Because some of her clients buy properties worth five, 10, 15, 50 million dollars. And here she's walking around and doing videos and Facebook lives and she's rocking this $12,000 necklace. You think when she goes to the social event, people aren't gonna wanna know, especially the other women? where she got her blank? Of course they will. Now, let me get to this example because I want you to see how powerful, potentially powerful and profitable this could be. So here's the deal. The jeweler says, I have these market tested two-sided index cards. And basically, here's the way it works. He, first, he or she, I'm saying the jeweler, allows the uh, hair, both the hair and uh, nail salon owner, to look at a pair of diamond studded uh, earrings. One pair costs six in retail, price of $650. The other one retails for $450. And say, hey, given your choice, if you could buy either set at cost, or you know, if they really want to get jiggy with it, both sets at cost, which one would you like? And nine times out of 10, they're going to say, well, of course, I, you know, this other pair, which retails for $650. And the jeweler says, well, my hard cost is three half, three twenty-five. So here's what the jeweler does. The jeweler says, Well, I tell you what, you just pay my hard costs. And what I'd like you to do is start passing out these two-sided index cards. Side A tells the recipient to enter the jeweler's free monthly drawing or quarterly drawing, whatever the case may be. And once either a month or every quarter, a first grand prize winner will be chosen. And for the ladies, it's going to be a uh, $2,500 diamond studded necklace, which, of course, retail jeweler's hard cost is nowhere near that. And for the gentlemen, it'll be a $2,500 Rolex, men's Rolex, which, again, nowhere near that in hard cost. Now, here's the point. Side B tells the recipient, dear friend, because you are a value customer of X, whatever that particular business is, in this case, it would be either the hair or nail salon, nail salon pardon me, and he, they could also do this with a men's barbershop. But here's the point. Side B tells the person to come to the store, the retail jeweler's store, before a certain date, like a 10-day window, and not 10 business days, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever, the, whatever date this person gets handed that card, the nail salon, barber salon, barbershop, pardon me, or uh, hair salon owner, is simply going to write, look on the calendar and go 10 days out, whatever that 10th day is, that's the expiration date window in which the recipient can come to the store, 
save 10% up to $200. Not terribly exciting. I agree. There's a reason for that. The reason being that they're also going to be told simply for dragging a friend who's at least 18, who's not a current subscriber, not customer, current subscriber of the uh, retail jeweler, they can save up to 40%, notice that's a sliding scale, up to $1,500. Now, here's the point. We call this the McDonald's technique. A certain percentage of the recipients are going to want to take advantage of those higher savings. Not everybody, which means they'll drag a friend. When they do that, ladies and gentlemen, and by the way, this strategy that I'm, I'm laying out for you now, which is very common, you hear me say this all the time on a lot of podcasts and on a lot of my blog posts, and in case you're wondering, you say, well, you know, Mark, no offense, you, you mentioned this a lot. The reason being, ladies and gentlemen, each day, new first-time eyeballs and listeners discover my podcast and my blog. So for you, you may say, oh, I've heard this. They haven't. And I have no way of knowing when they're going to arrive. So I have to pretend that each time is the first. So this is very important. But here's what I want to get you to understand. Normally, that retail jeweler and their major competitors, they're blasting out local primetime radio and television ads. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not in that industry, you probably have no idea how outrageously expensive this is and in my opinion kind of wasteful and here's the problem in the time it's taking you or your major competitors to invest in listening to this particular podcast or reading a blog post anywhere but mine included right in your local market local vendors have paid money for advertising on television or radio you didn't hear it, neither did I. But they're still off the money. That's the point. So by telling them to drag a friend and they get, you know, a high an ethical bribe, if you will, that's the strategy and the concept I want you to take away with. By ethically bribing them to drag a friend with them, you just this retail jeweler just saved X thousands of dollars, and here's why. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot run an ad radio or television one time if you notice your local television advertising you'll see the same ad over and over and over and over and over and over and over in fact they say on average it's going to take anywhere from seven to 21 exposures some people call it touches before the average consumer not your targeted consumer by the way the average consumer is even aware of your product or service. So let's say you decide to average five times because they have this special. You spend on money, you invest in money, however you want to look at it. And the general public isn't even aware. That's the point. So imagine this. What the jeweler's going to do is have the, the hair salon owner and the, the barbershop owner and the nail salon owner sign their name and put the name of the business in print, by the way, on the back side, so the retail jeweler knows who generated the lead. Now, first of all, think about the uh, psychology of what happens when this man or woman shows back up with this great-looking blank. 
What do you think the other stylists are going to want to know? Bingo. What do you think the customers who sits down in that uh, service provider's chair wants to know? Especially in the case of the, the nail salon and the uh, hair salon, her regulars, what do you think they want to know? Bingo. Now, from there, the owners of these, uh, the service provider owners make it known to the stylist. In this case, the uh, male barbershop lets it known to the other uh, male barbers, or if they're female bar barbers. This same arrangement is available to them. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Normally, when they go on radio, the retail jewelers and their major competitors, they're going to invest or spend, if you will. I'd say waste, but anywhere from, say, a low, if you can call it that, $400 to about $1,200 per lead. That's what makes the front end of your business and my business and service or your service so outrageously expensive and marginally profitable because typically 75 to 90 percent of that cost I mean of, of, of that uh, gross is cost and the other in this case 10 percent or remaining balance has to go to gross profit and that's why they're struggling so here's the point the retail jeweler makes it crystal clear they're happy to pay a hundred dollars initially for every lead slash customer meaning every lead that converts to a customer initially the uh, retail barber not the retail barber pardon me the barbershop the nail or hair salon owner will earn a hundred dollars and as soon as they reach 25 paying customers or X it bumps to $200. Now, think about this. Typically, every customer who sits in their chair and a barber's chair, they're not going to gross $100 or $200, right? No way. Now, you know, if they're in a super upscale area, yeah, because you got some places where, you know, the haircuts start at $100 and go up to $250. So, but in most cases, that's not going to be the situation. But think about this. This is what I want you to think about. Let's say their commercial lease is, I'm just using this as a number, it's $1,800 a month. It may be lower, it may be higher. If you divide, let's just initially go by 100 into 1,800, that means 18 customers convert no matter, and oh, here's the other thing, it's very important, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what the customer spends on that initial sale as long as they become a paying customer. The provider in this case the nail salon owner the barbershop owner or the uh, nail barbershop they're gonna earn a hundred dollars and when they reach 25 they or X you know number of customers in a given month by the way they automatically bump up to two hundred dollars so in other words that 26 customer or whatever number they decide the retail dealer decides when they reach uh, go over that threshold for life they're locked in now and they're getting in this case two hundred dollars a sale, you know, for every customer lead, commercial customer. Now let's go back. If you divide eighteen hundred by two hundred, they only need nine. So here's the metric that initially 
the uh, service providers who are passing out these uh, extremely time sensitive and dating them. This has to have that date to be valid. Here's uh, what they want to know. How many of these do they need to pass out per month to hit that nine that are going to convert into sales? Is it you know, 25? Is it 50? Is it 100? Is it 200? Because once they know what that those metrics are, leads to sales conversion, then all they have to do going forward, ladies and gentlemen, is just make sure they pass out that minimum amount because more than likely, but obviously the more they pass out in a given month, the more people that are going to convert to actual sales. And that's the point. But here's the next step. They could initially, I'm talking about the uh, service providers, the nail salon, the hair salon, and the barbershop. They could initially just say pass out 100 a month so that they can cover their lease. Think about that for a minute. What if they, in this case, they've, they've got up to, uh, they're at, you know, the $200 threshold now. They pass out enough so that in this case, their, their, their lease is $1,800 a month. They get nine sales, so they just gross $1,800. Their lease is paid for the month, which means every customer that sits in their chair is profit until the next 30 days. Now, here's strategy, the scale for the jeweler. The jeweler lets the owners know, the service providers know, he'll, he or she will make the same arrangement with every stylist that wants to participate. Only in this case, now remember we gave the uh, uh, owner these $650 earrings that cost the jeweler's going to do this now with the stylus, but instead of $650, it's going to be $450 earrings that initially they get it cost for $225. Now, here's the point. Follow this. This is also is going to apply to the, the, uh, the owner of those shops. The moment they hit $25 paying customers, and again, remember, it doesn't matter what how much they spend because the jeweler is banking on A, repeat sales from that person, B, word of mouth, you know, to their inner circle, their tribe, and C, word of mouth, meaning these people might do selfies, jump on Facebook, and, you know, start showing off their bling and putting the word out. Now, follow this. This is, this is really where the, the retail jeweler and this service provider can take this to the next level or two if they wish to. If they do nothing but this, they could start getting their lease paid or part of their lease paid. But they're going to go to the next level. And here's the next level. As soon as all of them reach, let's say, 10 customers each, the jeweler says, here's your deposit back. Say what? Now they own the bling outright. Do you not think when they're out there rocking the bling, and by the way, the jeweler tells him, as long as you remain a VIP subscriber, then you get a lifetime discount of 25% on top of any sales we have. So in other words, if they if the jeweler says 15% off, then this person's getting 35% off because they get the uh, lifetime grandfathered in savings of X, in this case 25, and these savings that they're advertising, but only if they remain a VIP 
subscriber. You say, okay, well, Mark, I, I kind of see that, but what is the big deal? Well, why go on television and spend $50,000 on advertising when you can just strategically build your list and when you want to let your subscribers know you've got a sale, you send out your email to your 10,000 subscribers. You got a 40% open rate, which means I'm, these numbers are hypothetical, ladies and gentlemen, just making this up to try to hopefully illustrate a point. You got 10,000 subscribers, and remember, they didn't get them overnight. They've been doing this strategy for a while, and now, you know, they're doing it with four or five local businesses. Now they got 10,000 subscribers, and this is after 2,500 people have unsubscribed. So they got 10,000 subscribers, they send out an email, and they get somewhere between a 40 and a 61% open rate. Let's use the, the lower end for this specific example. So 4,000 people open it, and they got a click-through rate of CTR, click-through rate, meaning there's a link in there, at least one link. Don't have multiple links going to different things, ladies and gentlemen. Just, you can have the same link twice, but one link. So this link takes you know takes them to the sales page or tells them, hey, on this day we're having this sale or whatever the case may be. But the point is, out of those 4,000, let's say have 50% open, the numbers are irrelevant here in order to illustrate this concept, ladies and gentlemen. 2,000 people, and of the 2,000, let's say half, drag somebody with them. You see the point? That's money they didn't have to waste on local primetime radio and television ads running over and over and over and over and over. And the other thing is, once word gets out to the, from, to the other vendors, local vendors, non-directly competing local vendors, that they have this, Retail Jeweler has this email list of 5, 10, 15, 30,000 people. They're going to want to do what we call joint ventures, meaning, hey, put my product or service, which is relevant, in front of your audience, and I'll give you a percentage of that front-end sale. This is very powerful, ladies and gentlemen. But I digress. The point I'm trying to make is two things. Number one, the uh, stylists, in this case now, who work for the barber, the uh, nail salon, and the hair salon owner, they start passing these out, and they don't just have to do it with their customers. That's the passive way. In other words, these people are already coming to the shop. They're just leveraging them to make additional income. Here's what the bar, or the uh, retail jeweler tells them. Every week, whoever generates the most customers for the week, I'm talking about the stylist now, not who passes out the most. Whoever passes out, I'm sorry, whatever they pass out, whoever generates the most leads to customers. Now, that's the point. You, you got to make sure you hear, ladies and gentlemen. They pass out one of these uh, cards, and that person ends up becoming a customer. And remember, they put their name. I'm talking about the uh, stylist. Put their the name of the shop they work for, print, and sign, print their name. And at the end of the week or end of the month, the retail jeweler just tap, tallies these up. And whoever had the most for that week, they pay that particular stylist's booth rental for the week. Now, to make it interesting, they also put it out that, look, once you lead the pack every time you lead thereafter you get an additional $250 bonus now remember the lifetime customer value for the jeweler is 400 you know this is hypothetical 400 to 11,000 and all of that isn't uh, profit ladies and gentlemen let's say 80% is so it's 11,000 
we're going to say point eight is uh, gross profit, $8,800. And the other is, you know, these expenses that we're laying out here. Promotion costs, marketing costs. But here's, here's the point. The jeweler, the retail jeweler, or if this is the retail appliance center or the uh, retail furniture concern, they could also throw in an unadvertised bonus, a $50 gift certificate to a local grocery store. Now, what do you think is going to happen when the stylists, A, are rocking these new earrings or bracelet, and the gentleman is rocking, the, the owner of the barbershop is rocking a $2,500 Rolex, and he's got a nice $2,000 gold chain on, and he's letting the word out that, hey, I got, you know, my jeweler hooked me up. What do you think is going to happen to at least a percentage of these men and women that are being exposed to this? You think some of them might want to know how they can do it too? Bingo. You bet they will. Now, remember the 80-20 rule. 80% of your results come from 20% of your activity. It's going to be the same here. Meaning, 80% of the people who participate in this, they're going to be marginal at best. Some will fall off, some won't do much, but 20% over time, they're going to be your bread and butter people who bring you a lot of business. Now, think about this. That the nail, hair, and barbershop all have vendors. Mail carriers come in there and drop off mail. So the jeweler tells them every time there's a female mail carrier initially, let her know about this special that the jewelers run. Meaning she can get hooked up with some $650 earrings for cost. So when she's doing the rounds, what do you think is going to happen? Bingo. Now, it may be illegal for her while she's on the job to you know, pass a card, but she could just simply give them a phone number and say, call or text this number for the details and just tell them whatever her name is, sent you. And then the, the uh, jeweler keeps uh, a track. And if it's illegal for the jeweler to to pay this person and they can give them ethical bribes by giving them some serious savings where as long as the uh, mail carrier stays on their VIP email list, they get grandfathered in for life where they can get stuff 10% above the jeweler's cost. Now, ladies and gentlemen, stop and think about this. While you're marketing and promoting your service, your, your retail jewelry store like this, two blocks over, your major competitor just invested in one of those alligators, that's what I call it because it eats money, a $40,000 a month, or depending on the area, it could be $100,000 a month, local billboard, which everybody's speeding past and, and barely even recognize. And if it's guys, no offense, if it's not a hot woman on a car in a bathing suit, the guy, we have no clue what's going on. You're just driving past it. And yet, somebody thought, this was a good way to promote the market. Now, there's no guarantees, but of the two strategies that you've seen now, the local billboard, the stuff on the side of a cab, and this kind of stuff, which of these two strategies do you think probably is going to rock it more? I tend to agree with you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, I hope you got value out of this. And remember, this is just the embryonic first level stage of what we're sharing. You go back and listen to this two, three times. If you don't get three to five ideas, ladies and gentlemen, don't waste your time anymore with Mr. Marketing. I'm not your guy. Okay? Seriously, you're wasting time because there is no way you can't get 
four to five legitimate spinoffs from what I'm telling you. And if you can't, I'm just not your guy. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we got to do some housekeeping here. First of all, if you got value out of this, and I sincerely hope you did, you need to turn a friend, family member on, a bestie, anybody you know who's in business, especially if they're struggling, let them know. There are answers out here. My current rates, ladies and gentlemen, for one-on-one -on -one consultation beginning just $250 an hour. If you are a member of an association, if the association decides to bring me on as one of their in-house resident experts, I will give their current, future, and past members a lifetime guaranteed grandfathered discounted rate which we'll negotiate. Now, here's the other thing. If you're listening to this, and right now you don't have a business or a service, then I would suggest you start positioning yourself as a facilitator, a broker. What do you mean, Mark? Ladies and gentlemen, if you know of any non-franchise, uh, they don't have to have single location, but non-franchise retail jewelers, appliance dealers, or furniture concerns, you bring us together strictly as the broker, the middle person, if you will. Any cash flow, revenue generating arrangement I put together with them or vice versa, you will be grandfathered in for life and get a commission of 25 to 50%, just depending you know, on how everything falls, just for being the go-between. Now, don't go out into the marketplace and try to solicit people. They don't know you. They don't know me. It's a waste of time. I'm saying if you already have these contacts or you know somebody who has one of these contacts, you bring us together. Any of the revenue sharing that falls out of the middle or for, you know drops out of the bottom, you're going to be, you're going to earn money. You don't have to just do this with me, ladies and gentlemen, and vice versa. I'm trying to put some ideas to, to get you to move off center. Now, here's the other thing. If you're located in the States, you like what you hear, You'd like to hire me? Go to my blog, youcanmarketonlinenow.com. One word, and it's Y-O-U, canmarketonlinenow.com. Forward slash contact. Go to the contact page of my blog in the subject line. You put paid help. You put your name, area code. You know, tell me a little bit about your situation. You know, don't write a novel, obviously. Send it to me. I'll get back to you ASAP via email. We'll set up a time when we can either, if you're in the States, Oh, and put your uh, your time zone, because I'm on what's called New York time, Eastern Standard Time, EST. If you're on the West Coast, California, we're three hours apart. So when it's 5 o'clock in New York, it's 2 o'clock in California. And if you're somewhere in between, it's going to be an hour to two hours difference. And, and we'll set up a time, preferably Monday through Friday, where we can get on the phone and do a 15-minute discovery session and find out, A, if we really are compatible, because we may not be. But that doesn't mean we can't do some type of power joint venture like I just described. The other thing is, if you're located outside the States, you like what you hear, like, Mark, I'd like to hire you, or our organization would like to talk about hiring you, then in that case, you send me an email, you put paid help, you tell me a little bit about your story, you tell me where you're located in the world, I will get back to you with a uh, Zoom link where we can set up a time and hopefully, you know, just depending on what the time differences are, we can do that same 15 to 20 minute discovery session. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please understand something. If you and I are not compatible, it's okay. 
there's literally millions and millions and millions of people, A, just getting access to the Internet in some parts of the world. So there is more than enough potential opportunity. So you don't have to feel bad if you listen to this and it just doesn't work for you. It's okay. We can still be friends. It's not a big deal. So here's what I want you to do. Entrepreneur, I want you to go back to my blog, youcanmarketonlinenow.com. I want you to read at least three blog posts in three separate categories. If there's a video, especially one of mine, or a uh, uh, podcast episode embedded in it like this, I want you to listen to them. And here's why. At the end of that third blog post, and hopefully video and uh, podcast episode, Entrepreneur, you're going to know emphatically whether or not you and I are compatible. And if we're not, it's okay. We can still be friends. It's not a big deal. If you got value, I need you to share this with anybody you know who's struggling to help them get to the next level. Okay? This is Mark Newsom, Mr. Marketing. And yes, Entrepreneur, I am looking forward to being with you again very shortly with another exciting and potentially profitable episode of The Marketing Week. And remember, entrepreneur, it's not how or where you started at. It's where you ultimately end up that counts.